He's got too much pine tar. Sloppy Head. jalopy. They were doing the uh, the Chris Davis fishing for it. Might be going to call George Brett out. Well, he is. He's out. Yes, Brett is out. Look at, look at this. Brett is out. And Demon Matt. He is out. And having to be forcibly restrained from hitting plate umpire Tim McClellan. Too much potter. <laughs> Way, way too much pod tar. And welcome back to another brand new episode of Too Much Pod Tar. After a little bit of time off, I haven't had an episode in a while, but finally after the you know after Christmas here, the holidays, find found some time to talk about some things that went went down the last couple of days. Of course, you know the stove was kind of it was the off season was slow. Stove was ice cold. Now it's definitely heating up, as we know, it's with uh, all the deals the Padres have been making. So this one I got Ken Filler uh, from Tampa Bay Pro Sports back on. Uh, he's been on a couple pods, you know, talking about the Rays. So, yeah, welcome back to the show, Ken. And also David Drogemeyer from San DiegoSportsDomination.com. Yep. And he was on last year's pod of the Padres uh, season review I mean season preview so yeah it's been over a year since we had him on but welcome back again thanks for having me man I appreciate it yeah so pretty much just jump into talking about these moves that happened so you know the first one was the Blake Snell move the Padres traded for him uh, they sent uh, right-hand pitcher Luis Patino uh, right-handed pitcher Cole Wilcox, catcher Francis Mejia, and catcher Blake Hunt in the deal to the Rays, which I can almost kind of knock lock, lock those guys up for all-stars in the future for the Rays, which they ha- happens a lot with them when they trade for guys, they end up being all-stars. I'm sure you can definitely attest to that, Ken. Yeah, uh, this, I think this trade was probably in the works for a while. Everybody kind of was surprised when it went down. But one thing that the Rays do is they have an excellent scouting department. And they are going to do their due diligence on these prospects before they pull the, a, a trade like this Blake Snell trade. So they're going to make sure that they are getting quality, that these prospects, that they, they think that they can really impact the team at the major league level. Now, a lot of these guys are still two, three years out. Uh, Cole Wilcox has never played um, Major League Baseball at any level. His last year was 2019 at the University of Georgia. So he's going to start out probably at the Class A level. Blake Hunt has one year of Class A ball uh, under his belt. He at 255, uh, five homers, drove in 35 runs. But uh, uh, the catcher, uh, Francisco Mejia, and uh, the pitcher, Patino, those two guys will make the Rays 2021 roster. Uh, a few weeks back, the Rays did sign um, Zanino to a two-year deal. Uh, Zanino was one of the ones that was not uh, offered a new contract at the end of the season, and the Rays really were left with prospect Ronaldo Hernandez on the roster, so they really had to do something 
to uh, shore up that catching uh, situation. So they brought Zanino back, and now uh, with Mejia in the fold, those two guys will platoon. The only thing that, that that's kind of concerning to me is with Zanino, you never got a lot of offensive production out of him. And, and Mejia is the same way. I mean, the guy has struck out 24% of the time he's had a bat in his hand. Now, if you look at his numbers from 18, he had 265 with eight homers and 22 RBIs. But when you look at his overall career numbers, which is very limited right now, I think it's about 225 at bats, uh, something like that. He's sitting, uh, you know, two and a quart. Now, he is above average defensively, but that seems to be the thing with these catchers that the Rays bring in. They know how to handle a pitching staff. They're good defensively, but they really struggle when it comes to hitting the ball. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, you know, throughout the course of the season. And with Patino, um, he does not have a lot of uh, big league experience, but he was one of the top 10 prospects in the, um, he's 20 years old. (laughs) Yeah. San Diego. organization. But he's 16 and 13. in the 48 of those were starts and he had 235 ERA. Yeah. It was very limited. Um, in, in 2020 as, um, you know, I think he had 18, 18 outings. And I think most of those were in relief. So the Rays on the fence, are they going to use him as a starter? Are they going to use him as the opener and use him as the guy to come in maybe as the second or third guy and eat those innings? So we're not real sure yet of uh, how Kevin Cash is going to use um, Patino. But um, he will definitely be on the club. He's got a nasty fastball, ninety-seven miles an hour. He also oh, he can he, he can touch a hundred, and he ha- he did okay. it last year repeatedly. Good, good. His uh, right-hander slider and changeup. So he you know he'll he'll keep the hitters uh, off balance. So I, I'm excited to see what uh, what he can do, and you know what what he'll bring to the organization. Well, if I may, on Luis Patino, it's uh, sorry to correct you, yeah, but it's Patino. Um, he is electric. I mean, he's a young cat. I mean, he really got fast tracked through, through the Padres system. You know, he was a, one of their international signees that when they went crazy a couple of years ago and spent like a hundred million dollars in, uh, you know, international money. But this kid is special. He absolutely can be a starter. The, the Padres in spring training and in the farm system had him as a starter, but his, his stuff is so electric that he can come out of the bullpen and get big outs for you as well. And the, and the Padres this year, they challenged him to do that. They put him uh, increasingly in higher leverage situations as the season went on. And this is the kind of kid that wants to meet those challenges. He's incredibly uh, aggressive. He's very competitive, very fiery. Uh, he's going to be a great piece for the Rays. I mean, 97 to 100 on the fastball. A, a nasty, and I mean absolutely nasty slider that will make many hitters look very, very silly. And a changeup that is getting only getting better. He is an incredible, uh, definitely the the gem of this trade for the Rays. And for, for Francisco Mejia, the guy's got a rocket arm. I mean, he can absolutely throw anybody out, no matter who is running the bases. As far as the offensive profile for him, it's really just mental. I mean, he has all the ability in the world. He's a switch hitter. He can hit from both sides. He has power from both sides. 
He just needs to get his head on straight. He had some maturity issues with the with the Padres organization. There were some people that were rubbed the wrong way, apparently, according to Padres beat writers. So he needs to get somebody to get him refocused. And if he does that, he has the talent to be a productive offensive catcher for the race. So we'll have to see how that materializes. But from the Padres perspective, this is what we were looking for. We were looking for a top-end starting caliber pitcher, and the Rays, quite frankly, were looking to, to offload him and get some return from him while they knew that his value was at its peak. So I think that they got some good value in this trade. I think the Padres got some great value in this trade when they got a top-end starting pitcher with a really reasonable contract, and he's under contract for the next three seasons. Mm -hmm. So this Padres starting rotation with him at the top, with Clevenger possibly coming back next year after he takes this year to recover from Tommy John, is looking incredibly competitive. Yeah, for sure. And then as we go into the next trade, you know, they even gotten even better. Just, you know, two in over two days, they made extremely good moves. You know, now the Darvish trade. So, you know, just it's it was a, it pretty much a fleece on the on their part. They the Cubs, they kind of just looks like they're trying to just offload the contract, but they also ate some of the salary as well for Darvish. So, I'm so, kind of, so that, that's been disputed. Yeah. So the reporter who actually put that out, corrected himself. There is actually no money being exchanged in this deal for you, Darvish. Okay. Yeah. Cause that would, that would make no sense to me if that, if they were to do that. Right. Because they put out saying, Hey, this is supposed to be a salary dump. So it wouldn't make any sense for them to, to throw in money in addition to uh, giving up you Darvish and his personal catcher Caratini. Yeah. So the full details of the, the contract, I mean, uh, of the deal is Darvish. And as you said, Carantini goes to the Padres and then going to the Cubs is uh, Zach Davies, who was, he was a great pitcher for the Padres last season. Uh, yeah, very consistent. Yeah, definitely. And then the interesting part is no, you know, no top ten prospects are going in the deal. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I mean, AJ Preller is an absolute wizard. I, I don't understand how he put pulled this off to where after this trade, the Padres are still going to have at least six top one hundred prospects in their farm system next year even after bringing in not one, but two Cy Young award-winning starting pitchers is absolutely unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a yeah, number 11 prospect, Reginald, Preci I don't know how to say his name, Preci Preciato. Yeah. That was right. And then number 13, Owen Kasai. Uh, and 15 is Ismail Mania, and our number 16 prospect, Yes, Yes, and Santana. Yeah, those are those aren't easy names to say, but I don't think I butchered them too bad. Well, no, I think you did a good job, man. But you know, a lot of these names are part of that international scouting. I mean, because the the Padres are also very big with their scouts. They're very confident. I mean, I even saw some posts from some of the beat writers. You know, when they talked about giving up this amount of talent for these two guys, they just said, 
That's fine. We'll get more. We don't care. They're that confident that they know that they can go find talent. They know what talent looks like and that they're going to be able to replenish that. But like I said before, the fact that they were able to get these two top top end high caliber starting pitchers without surrendering a top 10 uh, prospect in their organization is just clear and true mastery from A.J. Preller. I was hoping to actually get a Cubs perspective on this, but my the other guy that does the pod with me, Joey Ricotta, he he was like so upset about it, he doesn't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand why. I, I mean, I, I do understand why because I mean, you Darvish, yeah, I mean he's a little expensive. He's making twenty million, making nineteen million, eighteen million the next several seasons, but. This guy was second in Cy Young Award winning or Cy Young Award votes this just this past year. I mean, yeah, he's 34, but this guy is dealing. And I mean, he is nasty. I know when he played the Padres, he struck out 14 of them and it was not a pretty day for them. This guy has the ability to dominate and uh, that starting rotation for the Padres is looking increasingly scarier as the days keep on going towards 2021. Yep, for sure. I definitely, like we said before the show, I'm excited to see the Padres and Dodgers uh, fight for that vision over the well, not even just next year, but over the next, you know, five to ten years. Absolutely. I mean, and now, like I said, the I mean, the Padres have been the punching bag of the National League West for pretty much their entire existence. Okay, they've been to the World Series twice. Okay. Twice in their whole history, okay? They have not had a moment where they, besides, you know, in 1984 and 1998, to where they can truly say that they can go out there and they've fielded a team that can be competitive against anyone, and that is including the Dodgers. The Dodgers have had the National League West on lock for the last 10 years, okay? They've always been the big market team. They've always been the the guys that are just going to go out there and get whoever they want. And they have the ability to do that. The Padres have not always had that ability. Now they've really executed a master plan. Like I was telling you in the DMs before we started the show, this was all part of the plan. The Padres, they went for it when A.J. Preller first got here. They traded a bunch of guys and tried tried it out in 2015, and it completely flopped. It just did not work. And then they said, okay, now it's time to tear everything down, restock the farm system, get it the strongest farm system in Major League Baseball with, you know, the Rays always very close behind. I think we can always say that was 1A, 1B. But now it's time for the Padres to not only keep some of their stockpile of prospects, but to use some of that as capital to improve their big league club. And they waited long enough, and they went out and spent money where they needed to spend money, bringing in Hosmer, bringing in Machado, making smart moves with Fernando Tatis Jr., now it's time to supplement and complement the roster with these prospects. And they've made some very smart trades and they've quite frankly dominated the hot stove, but we have to see them mesh and they have to go out there and they have to perform or else all these moves mean nothing. And another move to mention as well as they signed a song Kim from the KBO. Yes. For, you know, kind of depth for the infield because they obviously they have Cronenworth at second. So he's yeah, so, 
depth move there. It it is a good depth move too because this was more of the 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 philosophy of the Dodgers here. The Dodgers like to they have a lot of great utility players. Kike Hernandez is one of the guys who plays all all over the diamond and is very successful for them. They believe in that, and the Padres saw that work to such perfection over the years for the Dodgers, especially last year when they won the World Series. They're like. We need to add talent no matter where that lo- or where that is or what that looks like. And this is a guy who's coming in who's a shortstop who averaged 30 home runs a year every year he played in the KBO. This guy has swagger. His bat flips, if you've seen some of his videos, are pretty sick. Like, this kid is going to fit right in with the Padres and their already charismatic bunch with Tatis and Machado. These guys love to play. He's going to you know fit right in, and I think he's really going to compliment he is going to be a great piece. Like I said, he's going to be able to play all over. He can play in the outfield. He can play second base, shortstop. I think he's the guy you're going to see play multiple different positions, even maybe get thrown in in DH if that's going to happen again in the National League. But I think it's just a great piece, and they're going to have him under contract for the next four years at least. So, uh, I mean, a great depth piece. I mean, you're adding just quality talent on your bench. Well, I would uh, I would caution you just a little bit. The Rays tried that with Yoshi Satsugo mm-hmm. and gave him a boatload of money, and yeah. he was disappointed. Sure. Only got 197. Uh, his power was not there. Eight homers, 24 ribbies. Now, what they said about the Japanese players, and I don't know if this applies to the Korean players, but it takes them a half a season or so to really adjust to the game. Yeah, the way it's played here in the states versus Japan. Sure, and you know Susugo maybe had seventy-five games total, including the postseason, and yeah. he didn't play all those games. Um, he had some nagging injuries, so he didn't even play sixty in the regular season. So you know, you know hopefully the Padres have hit on on this kid, and he's going to come in and swing the bat well and be a good productive player for them. But the Rays tried that, and uh, you know he's got one more year. And I'm just holding my breath, hoping that he can get that uh, that offensive game of his going because he he pounded the ball in Japan, and we yeah. we we just didn't see that this year. Yeah, I mean that's definitely good advice, but I think the the Padres were you know in this at an appropriate price. I think six to seven million is what they're saying per year is is you know what they're going to sign him for, which I'm okay with. You know, if he's able to, you know, he was hitting 300 or 300 plus in the KBO. If he comes to the major leagues and he's hitting 265, 270, and he's, you know, maybe playing, if we're in a full season, maybe playing 100 games or so, and he's hitting, I don't know, 17 to 20 home runs, then I'm happy with it. You know, he plays great defense. That Then that, you know, you have to temper your expectations, right? You can't just expect these guys to come over and be Ichiro overnight. You know, that, that doesn't happen. That's why there's only one E-Hero. Right. So, yeah, I, I understand that. I totally, you know, uh, you know, we got to see that. We got to give him time to see how he brings his game to the major league level. But I, I think you have to be excited with the talent, you know, and the ability that he has. So, yeah, we'll see how it translates. It's definitely going to be something to watch. Sure. Yeah, just looking at the possible rotation for the Padres, though, it's – it's not. It's, they're definitely going to be scary. You know, you got Darvish, Snell, Lamet, and then you can't forget about you know Mackenzie Gore, the Padres' number. I think number one prospect. If I'm not mistaken. Actually, the number one pitching prospect in Major League Baseball. That's, yeah, and that's 
they also have still Lucchese as well. So he's mm-hmm. another solid arm in there. And then, of course, like we said, 2022, Clevenger might be back. So that'll be another arm to throw in there. Definitely, yeah. I mean, looking at this starting rotation for the Padres going to next year, they actually, you know, I, I if I was an opposing team, I would be intimidated and I'd be a little scared to know that if I'm going in a three-game series or a four-game series, I'm going to see Pat, I'm going to see Lamette, uh, which is Lamette is absolutely nasty. I think he has one of the the most ridiculous sliders from a right-handed pitcher in, in Major League Baseball. And yeah, I'm probably a little biased, but this guy, the reason why I think it's so dynamic is that it's like two or three different pitches at once. Like he can throw a hard slider, he can throw more of a soft, you know, kind of curveball, slurvish kind of slider. And then he can back it up with a hundred mile an hour fastball that he can maintain throughout six to seven innings. It's that's ridiculous. And then you have Blake Snell, who's a workhorse. You know, we, he's a, a Cy Young Award winner. You Darvish, another workhorse, a guy who can throw the kitchen sink at you and throw all of them for strikes. Uh, and then you have the wild card. You know, you have Paddock, who is coming off of a down year, had a great rookie season. You know. Definitely a sophomore slump. So we'll have to see if he comes back and he stays focused. And he kind of he needs to bring back that that movement on his fastball. I think his his fastball was too straight last year, and it was getting hit out of the ballpark, and that was really a big problem for him. So he needs to bring back that two seam, you know, movement on his on his fastball, that tail, and then he'll be a little bit more effective. And then the the fifth starter right now, we don't know who that's going to be. It could be Mackenzie Gore. It could be Ryan Weathers. It could be Lucchese. There's a lot of guys that are going to be trying to fight for that one spot. But right now, I think if you look at, if you ask any team around Major League Baseball and say, hey, would you like to have four of your five starting pitchers just completely locked down from day one? I think every single one of them would take that. Yep, for sure. And yeah, me as a Yankees fan, I'm a little worried with if they don't make any moves, they. I mean, as, pitch, as far as pitching-wise goes, there would be, you know, obviously you got Cole, but after Cole, you pretty much got really just any, like, youngsters. Like, you got Clark Schmidt and Garcia, uh, Jordan Montgomery, but if they don't bring back Tanaka... Who? Yeah, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> but, yeah, if they don't bring back even just Tanaka or Paxton or both of them, then it's kind of, or, and then obviously the free agent. I like market. Paxton a lot, man. Big lefty can throw really hard. I mean, used to play for Seattle, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that guy's a horse. I mean, I know he had a lot of talent, but he never, it didn't seem like he had the consistency to back up the talent. That was really the big problem for him. He has the ability, but yeah, I mean, the, the Yankees need to add a little bit. That offense is ridiculous. I mean, they can score at will. And of course they, they, play in a little league park over there in New York. They can hit bombs like it's it's nothing. But, yeah, I mean, that's really the only missing piece. They're, like I said, you know, one through nine, they're, they're scrappy. I like their manager. I like the uh, like how fiery he is, you know, the the, the boon there. Um, but, yeah, that's the biggest question mark for them. But they're still, their offense can still keep them in any game. Yeah. And then with the whole Paxton, too, I think injuries are what kill, kind of kills them, too. Yeah. Last year was he was pitching well when he was when he was healthy, but then he got injured and that kind of ruined his whole. You know, he probably would have had a good contract, but now he's not going to get as much because of that. It. I mean, in professional sports, it's all about what have you done for me lately, and if you're not performing, then there goes your money. 
so that's yeah that's all the news that we had but hopefully we start seeing some more news roll in here at least some more rumors and stuff because Padres definitely got it got it rolling yeah I think the next domino to fall is is Trevor Bauer right I mean do we have any idea where he's gonna go or you know I mean the one thing about Trevor Bauer is man he, he is great at branding himself like his social media game is ridiculous he is great with interacting with fans and you know he's got a good great you know youtube channel a good twitter account his agent rachel is awesome too you know she she picks and plays with with the fans as well but i think that's the next piece you know is he gonna go on the west coast we know he's from the west coast you know this guy can pretty much play wherever he wants to right i mean but how much is it going to cost? I mean, what is that contract going to look like? Is he going to sign for a multi-year deal? These are all questions I'm kind of thinking about. Where is Trevor Bauer going to go? Yeah, it's really anybody's guess. I don't really – there hasn't really been any rumblings on his what what's going to happen there. But I think it could end up being $35 million a year. Uh, but I don't know if he's going to do a multi-year. I know he said he's definitely like – He's he's more likely than he than he was originally to go multi years. Right? Did, didn't didn't he say before like I'm only gonna sign one year contracts, one year after one year after one year? I mean, yeah. <laughs> freaking Trevor. Yeah. yeah, he's but he's all about betting on himself. So. Oh yeah, I mean, hey, <laughs> what what stronger sentiment or statement can you make on betting on yourself? Than going out and winning a Cy Young award. I mean, he goes, plays for the Reds, and he gets a Cy Young award. I mean, that's betting on yourself right there. And that's that's money right there. As soon as that, na- that name gets etched on that trophy, that's money in his pocket. And so whoever is going to pick him up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost a lot. And I don't think there's going to be any hometown discounts of any kind. They are looking to get paid for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely going to be interesting. I think uh, LeMahieu is going to be another guy that goes that probably goes soon. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, as much as I hate to see this and I, I hate to think about it, he might slot in over there at third base for the Dodgers uh, after Justin Justin Turner makes his departure. I mean, he is thirty, what thirty seven, thirty eight, so he's getting old and. He, you know, he's dealt with injuries last year, so I mean, that could be a really sneaky move of of signing DJ and and moving him over there at, at third base, and then you look at the Dodgers lineup, and man, it gets that much deeper, and that, that's that's terrifying to to think about. Oh yeah, I can't even imagine that. Oh god, I just I hope the Yankees bring him back. That's what I'm. Yeah, hey, I, I'd be totally fine with that. I mean, go get him, bring him back. I mean, keep him over there in New York. Let him destroy over there in the American League and keep him away from the National League West. Thank you very much. We've seen enough of him with Colorado. No thank you. <laughs> the guy rakes. It's it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if you guess – do you guys have anything else to talk – you want to talk about? No, I think that pretty much covers the Padres' moves. I mean, they, they've obviously made the most moves here so far in 2021. It's been exciting. It's a great time to be a Padre fan. Uh, I think they're starting to get some recognition, some national recognition, after being, you know, that 
small town San Diego team that everybody loved to visit, but nobody really cared about. Now they're actually getting some of that spotlight, which as a fan, that's really fun to see. But as far as, you know, is the Padres done? I don't know. I don't think you can ever say that AJ Preller is not on the phone. That guy is just an animal. He's a relentless worker. He's constantly trying to improve the team. So we'll see what that looks like, but uh, it's a great time to be a, to be a Padre fan. We have waited our turn. We have waited long enough. It's time. It's time for the Padres to go out there and get a championship. That ownership is committed to that. They have a front office that's finally making the moves to make that happen. So it's a great time to be a fan. We deserve it, and and you know, it's it's just it's awesome. So for from my perspective, you know, uh, it's been a great off season. From the uh, Rays' perspective, I don't think that they're done. They've cut $25 million with the uh, Charlie Morton not picking up his contract and now the Blake Snell trade. Rumor has it that Kevin Kiermeyer could be on the block next. That's $11.5 million. And if he goes, the Rays are definitely going to have to make some trades and, and, and bring in some folks to round out that, um, that roster. So I, I don't think that uh, the Rays are done. I mean, right now their starting rotation is – Glass now, Yarbrough, and Waka. If you want to throw Josh Fleming in there for good measure, okay, he's got like five uh, or six major league starts. That gives you four. And then if Honeywell comes back, um, maybe Richards could be an option. I can uh, definitely see Patino there. I mean, yeah, I think yeah, that you know, he might yeah, slot in. But I just don't know how Cash will will we'll use him. Yeah, uh, you know, and then Honeywell. They still have. He hasn't pitched in two years, but he was a, um, a fantastic prospect for them before the uh, Tommy the, John or what? Yeah, two of yeah. them. Oh two wow! Back to back years. Man, has, that is rough. Yeah, yeah. He's um he's had a tough couple of years. So Ooh, that's a yeah. long time to be on the shelf. Yeah, in the in, in spring training, but uh, there is one guy I think you can count on being on the Rays roster, and that's Wander Franco, the oh, uh, yeah. shortstop second baseman, utility guy, uh, he will be on the Rays roster for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't think he has anything else to prove at the minor league level. Real quick, uh, you know, the Padres traded Manuel Margot to you guys this uh, last yeah. offseason. What do you guys think about Manuel? Did you guys like watching Manuel? Do, you know, what, what do you think about him, uh, you know, as it states to his future with the Rays? I, I think he's a keeper. Uh, to me, he's a he's a high energy guy. He's a clutch hitter. Um, brings it every day. Um, good teammate. Uh, really good defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, he's he's one of the key fixtures in that Rays outfield. And uh, if Kiermaier goes, and cheap too, and controllable, yeah, absolutely. And if Kiermaier goes, I think that Margot is going to be that guy. Yeah. He, you know, for the Rays in the outfield. So yeah, we we certainly enjoyed having him here in San Diego, and we're definitely watching him over there with with the Rays. So we're excited that he's con- continued to have some success, and we were a little sad to see him go. But you have to give up talent to get talent. So right. and you know, it seems like the Padres and the Rays have really established a, a pretty strong yeah. trading partnership here. Yeah, and and in the postseason, I, I mean, if it wasn't for Margot and Arazarena. I mean, that'd have been three oh, and one against the Yankees. Arnaldo Reina was absolutely insane last year. I mean, that guy was crazy. Yeah, you yeah. may never see that again in the uh, 
in the postseason. Some guy with only, you know, a handful of bats in the major leagues. Unreal. Like that in the postseason. It was just a one of a kind um, performance. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, he he was appointment television. I like to say that Fernando yeah. Tatis Jr.'s appointment television. He, uh, Rosarena last year, was appointment television. Like, he was exciting to watch. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he's probably going to be the, the new Yankee killer for years now. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if Kiermaier leaves. He's, I'll be happy to see Kiermaier leave if he does <laughs> He, he's he's your DJ LeMayhew, huh? You know who yeah. a guy I'd really like to see leave, which I know well, uh, you know, from the, the NL West is freaking Charlie Blackman. That guy absolutely murders the Padres. I mean, no matter who is pitching, no matter if it's a right-hander or a left-hander, he eats the Padres for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That guy needs to go. Like, please retire already. I am so tired of watching him just own the Padres for the last however many years he's been in the big leagues. That guy, man, he can play. But yeah, he, he needs to go. How <laughs> <laughs> you really feel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, we covered a, pretty much covered it all here. Um, we'll see what happens over the next couple weeks and see what moves are made. You know, it's going to be getting closer to spring training. Uh, and obviously we're, we're going to be rooting for our full season. Hopefully we get the whole 162 yeah. this year. But, yeah, thanks for coming on the show to break these down, break these deals down. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Um, and, of course, if anything else goes down, then, you know, let me know, and maybe we'll jump on and do this again. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely fun. So, yeah, that was our episode of Too Much Pod Tar. Again, this was Ken Filler uh, of Pro, Tampa Bay Pro Sports and David Dragemeyer from uh, San Diego Domination Nation. Or what is it? Domination Live, right? Yeah. So, D- yeah, David Dragemeyer, San Diego Sports Domination dot com. Okay. I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> but. Yeah, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back again uh, next time, breaking down some more deals as they go as they go on here this off season. So yeah, thank, thanks again, and you can never have too much pod tar.